guest with us. Yes, the man with the van. Speak frankly, speaking frankly, our good friend who has been around the country, but he left the United States recently and went over to Egypt. Last time we spoke, he was in Texas, probably during the worst weather event in the history of that state, but you made it out alive, Frank, and that's good to hear. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic, and yes, you captured that pretty well. I was in Texas in a pretty cold time, but I escaped to Egypt, and now I'm back in the United States. That's great. Tell us a little bit about your tri- what inspired you to go to Egypt. Sure. Well, man, it's been a, a rough year for all of us, and I just am in a place where I feel comfortable traveling. I know that's not the case for everyone, and I was looking around at where, um, you know, it was safe for people to go and what countries were open. And the Middle East is just very open right now. And I've always wanted to go to Egypt. I just think Egypt is fascinating. And um, I just saw that uh, everything was pretty inexpensive to get there just because of um, with COVID, the the Egyptian economy is 20% based on tourism. And that's just been down. And so they were eager to get people back. And so I went for just a week, which I now think was just not enough time for Egypt. But I'm so glad I got to go. Yeah, I once heard somebody say that the sign of a good vacation or travel event is when you feel like you need to go back, when you feel there's more to do there. And it sounds like that was your experience in Egypt for sure, right? Yeah, I would say so. I I intentionally planned a shorter trip because I wasn't sure what I was getting into. And I just wanted to get out. And I just thought, you know, a week's going to be better than nothing at all. And when I got there, I realized it was very safe. It was very open. And I wish I had booked my return flight a lot later. Uh, And then, of course, when you fly halfway around the world, you're just so close to so many other things. So it's really hard to get back on that flight and come back to the United States. I also want to mention, I didn't, uh, I failed to say this in the beginning of our episode of saving this. I have my son, Chris Mushroom Man with us. Truman Mushroom Man, whatever you want to call me. Yeah. (laughs) I've, I've been meaning to talk with, uh, with Frank ever since I heard, heard your first episode. So I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I always love meeting a, a person who also is trying to, to live on the road. So uh, great to finally connect. Definitely. I'm, I'm impressed by your travel experience. I can relate. I was in Mexico not too long ago because I looked up a list of the places where they would let Americans travel. I didn't go there to party. I wasn't trying to be irresponsible or whatever. I went uh, just to an area where I could go ha- quarantine on the beach and have a bungalow all to myself and it was a pretty incredible experience for sure yeah i mean that's really what i wanted to do is just get somewhere new see things safely and i'm sure you saw like i saw these countries are um they have such a big tourism industry and uh it just it takes such a big hit when we're not able to go so a big piece of me wanting to go was in a way to help aid these countries um, I, you know, have the ability to go to them, to them and give them work by, um, 
going and exploring and seeing new things. And I'm, I hope that that was the case for you as well. Is it true that there uh, is, uh, it, it was, by the way, but I just need to know, was it, is it true that there's a McDonald's across the street from the Great Pyramids? <laughs> so it's actually a um, Pizza Hut. It's like a Pizza Hut KFC, like combined restaurant. And um, the Sphinx is looking directly at it. So yes, it is true. You know, what would be really nice is if you got the KFC extra crispy chicken and you rolled it up in a Pizza Hut slice of pizza, and then you just sat there looking at the Great Pyramids. I just think if anything would sum up the the 21st century of humanity, that would be it right there. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would say so. I don't, I don't know if I've ever thought of that exact combination, uh, but being a hiker, I do get some pretty crazy cravings, so I could totally see that happening. And you know, it's pretty interesting because, um, you know, most people know the Sphinx doesn't have a nose, um, but the pyramids themselves have been stripped of a lot of their outer casing because we today value things differently than people in generations past. And so some of the first people that came along and saw the pyramids said, hey, this is a giant pile of rocks. They're all cut perfectly. I'm going to use them. Uh, to build my mosque. And so I went and saw a mosque that was built with the rocks from the pyramids. Um, the entire outer casing of the pyramids is, is missing now on this mosque. And then, you know, in modern day, we didn't realize like how neat it was to have these things set apart. And so the city of Cairo has just been built up directly next to the pyramids um, because we kind of lost sight of the idea of protecting these resources. So it's just interesting how like mindsets change and people change over time. Yeah, that's an interesting point, Frank, because we hear a lot about not valuing our history or forgetting our history. That's nothing new. As you pointed out, right, they were taking pieces of these pyramids to build mosques. That's not something in the last 20 years. Uh, so yeah, maybe the lesson learned there is, you know, we, we still can preserve our history, but we're not the only ones that have degraded history. Uh, it's not a good thing when it happens, but we need to learn from it and make sure it doesn't happen again. Now, here in the United States, we hear a lot about the pyramids and, and, and Egypt. What was it like for you when you first arrived and saw those pyramids just right there in front of you? Yeah, so I had read a lot of things that said that the pyramids are super underwhelming, you're going to be disappointed, like, don't bother. And I was like, okay, maybe that's what like, the internet says, but I'll have to see it for myself. And so because the city is so close to the pyramids, you can't actually see them as you're driving up to them because you're passing these giant apartment buildings and these complexes that really hinder your view. And so I was driving, um, you know, to get to the entrance of the pyramids and we're passing apartment after apartment. I'm looking at them and looking at their architecture and just kind of envisioning what it'd be like to live there. And then all of a sudden there was like this quick sliver between two giant towering apartment complexes. And I see one of the pyramids just peeking out. And like, it just totally was like this huge, like giddy, like excited, like moment. And then boom, it's gone because it disappeared behind the apartments again. And it was really exciting for me. And also like seeing something that is so out of place um, because you have these, you know, modern apartments. And then all of a sudden this like, pyramid rock structure in your view. So I was 
very excited um, when I got to see them. And then, um, of course, when you get to the actual place, walking up to them, it was just pure excitement. Um, and then I think my favorite part is uh, they, at many of these tourist attractions overseas, they'll charge you to use the restroom um, near them. And so, I mean, it's very small. I think I paid 60 cents to use the restroom, but I got a little like ticket to use the restroom. I got to buy a restroom ticket and I got to keep that. I think it's one of my favorite souvenirs I've ever gotten. Uh, I'll say that um, you mentioned the paid bathrooms. That's something I've noticed around the world. I want to give people a little bit of an interesting factoid. So the United States doesn't have paid public restrooms, because college students in the United States protested it and it got the law got changed because of that to where we had free public restrooms across the country. So just because that's something people don't expect when you travel abroad is you're going to need some rupees or some pesos to go use the restroom or depending on where you are, you just go where you're going to go. <laughs> yeah, it is quite interesting. And I think a lot of places in Egypt, it is free, but this particular restroom was paid. And I think I don't I didn't get all the information, but I think Egyptians get to go to the pyramids for free or a reduced cost. And so the fee is more for like them. But then as a tourist, you just get the added blessing of paying 60 cents to go to the bathroom. <laughs> that's nothing. That's not unique to Egypt, by the way. I, I grew up in New Jersey and I can remember going down to Jersey Shore and having to pay to go into the bathroom. And I think after a while, the municipalities so I'm not going to get into the details here, but understood the benefits of allowing people to use the restrooms for free. <laughs> yes, correct. I, I think I think we can just leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Frank, did you stay in an Airbnb or a hotel, or what'd you do in that front? Yeah, it was um, it was like an Airbnb type setup. Uh, you know, I I found I've been pretty amazed by how uh, and I mean I'm not taking money from Airbnb. My dad isn't taking money from Airbnb, but I will say traveling today internationally compared to 10, 15, 20 years ago, it's just a whole nother world. I mean, you can go to any country you want and you can look up an Airbnb, get yourself an Uber and uh, you know, order Uber Eats, <laughs> all that stuff. Was that your experience in Egypt? Uh, very, very similar to that. Yes. And so um, I agree. I mean, my first time going international solo, I went to Italy. Um, and I remember I turned on Google Maps like twice, but I really did the whole thing, like navigating and figuring it out myself or figuring it out and then leaving the hotel and like trying to remember it all. But today, um, it is very much I mean, with a very small fee, you can have internet access around the world. And uh, yeah, it's just it makes it a lot more uh, user friendly. You definitely need to do your homework, especially um, some of these countries. You know, you can definitely get into bad areas, just like there's bad areas of New York City or um, any other city in the United States. So doing your homework is important, um, but you don't need to do um, like book the big tours like you used to, at least from my experience. Yeah, I've had people, I have at least two other guests that have traveled internationally. And as far as being safe, they have similar sentiments. You could travel in the United States and find yourself in a dangerous situation, just like you can in another country. And it's really just it's doing your homework. And I think that's easier now than it's ever been in our history. Just spending some time on the computer and doing some research, you can gather that information to stay safe.
We'll be back after a quick break. You ever think about what might be in the water you're drinking every time you fill up your water bottles while you're in the outdoors? I try not to, and I really don't because I use Sawyer water filters. Sawyer filter technology, because of their high standards, every filter is individually tested three times through their process. I've been using their permethrin product for years now to protect me from, well, quite frankly, ticks and the picaridin to keep the flies at bay. Don't let bad water, insects, or a tick bite cut your trip short or even ruin it. Use Sawyer products. Go to your local outdoor retailer and ask for Sawyer products, whether it's a water filter, insect repellent, they're likely to have it. You can also go to Sawyer's website and read more about these incredible, high quality products that they offer those of us who enjoy the outdoors. Yes, yeah, and then of course, just being smart while you're out there and, um, but, I mean, yeah, life has risks. And uh, I mean, getting on an airplane during COVID season, you never know what might happen. But um, it's like you just have to choose what risks you want to take. Every time you get behind the wheel and drive somewhere, there's a percent chance that you're going to get in an accident and die. Uh, it might not even be your fault. And so, um, yeah, you just have to be be aware of all this. Yeah, I always like to think, and I talk to people about this, there's an inherent risk in everything we do in our lives. Um, like you said, driving our car, walking down the street, and do we want to be held captive by our fears or do we want to just, I'm not saying be huge risk takers, but take calculated risk, be smart about what risk you take. Right. Yep. And for me, that's part of the reason why I got on that plane and would encourage other people if they feel healthy and safe um, that now there it is possible to do that. Obviously, wear your masks, and if you need to get vaccinated prior to going, you know, do that. But um, mental health is very important. We've talked about that in our country for a long time, and I mean, I personally know people who have committed suicide this past year who dealt with mental health prior to the pandemic, but the pandemic did not help the way we responded to it. And so, there's definitely that need to to stop everything and, and do exactly what we did. But, um, after so long, people need to be thinking about, um, where they are like, and mentally and, and just where their emotions are and, and go out and, and live a, a safe and healthy life. Um, and it's totally possible. Yeah. One of the reasons why I wanted mushroom man on here with us is I told you this last time we spoke, you guys are kind of like kindred spirits. I almost, felt as if I was talking to you at the same time. You both have this <laughs> approach in life where you want to live life, right? You, uh, you, you're not going to go through life saying, gee, I hope I can just get to next week, or I'm going to work a bunch of hours this year so I can take my one week vacation. Uh, and and I, I just, I admire that. I think that's just a, such a great approach. Uh, yeah. Well, I think, and I, I appreciate that pop, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be here and um, you know, I don't know. I just can't can't imagine going through life like that. You know, there's so many adventures out there to be had. And actually, I have a little bit of an odd question here, but I'm curious if Frank has an answer to it. Um, would you say there's any movies or books or uh, fiction out there that have really influenced your your path in life? Because obviously, you've taken a not so <laughs> normal path. I wouldn't say I say non traditional. Non-traditional. That's the good word. Not normal. You're not normal, Frank. Welcome to the club. Yeah. No, sir. Not very normal at all. Yeah. You know, I think about that a lot. I think when I think 
back to like elementary school and the types of literature I was reading, the types of movies I was watching, so much of pop culture was about going out and exploring. Um, whether it is, um, you know, any Disney movie, any standard Disney princess is like leaving her her family and like going out on an adventure and then you know finding true love and and the rest is history or i remember the book hatchet being something i really enjoyed which was all about the wilderness and nature i also i think i mentioned on the last time when i was here i did boy scouts so i was always out in the uh in the wilderness there so um yeah, I just I don't think there's ever like one book where I said like that's the life I want to live. I do remember the motivation for getting out was seeing pictures of delicate arch out in Utah and thinking to myself, "Oh no, what if it falls and I never get a chance to see it? I better make a plan uh to go out and see that." And so that was definitely one of the reasons why I um I got started. And then also there was a fire near Yosemite uh, National Park. And that was another time when I was just thinking, like, I got to make a, a way to go out to these places because, you know, the world is always changing. And I want to see these things, uh, you know, while they're where, where they are currently. Well, so, OK, number one, are you an Eagle Scout? <laughs> no, I didn't <laughs> make it to Eagle Scout. I OK, so I did Boy Scouts in like eighth grade or like freshman year like very like young and I think I made it up one tier but um <laughs> I did it actually with my older brother and there was a time he like looked around we like looked around at everyone who out, like was also doing eagle or like boy scouts and we said these are all the nerds like we're doing boy scouts <laughs> with the nerds which like I'm the biggest nerd so I don't know why I felt like I had to be better than everyone but like it just so happened at my school that the kids who did boy scouts also like had trouble socially and so uh, <laughs> like at some point I just said like you know I don't want to hang out with those kids anymore um but I definitely still had like that love of camping and I mean it's so foolish I missed out on so many great opportunities because I wanted like to have some kind of reputation and, and not hanging out with those kids. It's tough being young. I can relate to that. I'm the, me and both my brothers were in, uh, were in the boy Scouts. I was the only Eagle Scout I joined when I, John made John Eagle. Made Eagle Scout, yeah. Oh shoot. All right. Apparently my younger brother we made it to Eagle too. I forgot. <laughs> but hey, that, I totally that's hear no you, small man. thing. That is a that is a really big thing. So congrats on that. I actually got promotions in the military because of it. I was able to make staff sergeant E5 at at 20 years old thanks to having been an Eagle Scout. And let me tell you something when you're out on the dating scene, ladies are <laughs> like, "Oh shoot, staff sergeant? They might not be swayed by Eagle Scout, but you get that NCO <laughs> on your sleeve, they might be interested." Well, I want to I, I want you to come clean here because, you know, Frank's can he's admitting he didn't want to be seen with the nerds. Can we talk about you and your group of friends when you all found out you were in Boy Scouts, how you kept it a secret? Let me share the story you may have forgotten. Go ahead. At the lunch table, you would the, the inside secret was we have archery tonight. Was that what it was? Right. I don't you know. and the guys you were in scouts with at your age, you didn't tell people you were going to scouts. You were going to <laughs> archery. So you could sound cooler. Being <laughs> young is really tough. Kids are mean. You're insecure. Uh, how tall are you, Frank? I know that I, you're, you're a little like me and Pop, too. Me and Dad are like 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. How tall yeah, are you? Yeah, I'm right around there. 
on a on a good day, if I'm like stretching, I might make it five 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 and a half. Um, <laughs> but I I don't have hair, so that's kind of knocked me down a, a few fractions of an inch. <laughs> Fair enough. If, if me, you, <laughs> if me, you, my dad, Peekabrew, like we get the five 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 six and under club. We all hang out. We go hiking. We take pictures together. We look normal sized. <laughs> Exactly. But to everyone else, we're just hobbits. We're just hobbits on a journey. My nickname was Frodo all of high school, so I can understand. Very fitting. Well, you know, there's advantages. I mean, there's advantages to everything. And I'm learning now that I'm an adult to like just enjoy the advantages you have. So, yeah, if I was super tall, I'd be able to like knock out miles and carry more gear with my long legs and my my, massive biceps um but being like little i don't need as much gear i can fit in the smaller sleeping bag i can fit in like a one-man tent is like a one and a half man tent for me and then uh, obviously being in a honda fit like not many people i can even ride with me as a passenger but i can live in this entire thing and i get great gas mileage so i'm like you know you tall people you enjoy yourselves i'm gonna go jump on an airplane and i'm really comfortable on airplanes so i'll see you guys later there's benefits that's for sure well i i travel around in a ford fiesta myself Uh, i heard about this so tell me more about that (laughs) Well, I, uh, it was about two years, 2019, I said, I, I Googled the cheapest, most, sorry, most inexpensive brand new car you can get. I ended up with a, a 2019 Ford Fiesta manual and hatchback. And I'll tell you, what I did was I went to Walmart. They have these two, one and a half to three inch foam pads for twin size mattresses maybe 80 to 100 bucks, 60 to 100. You put those in the back of the Ford Fiesta or whatever your chosen vehicle is. Not everybody's ready for the party, but the Ford Fiesta is the party. You put that thing in the back, you, you cover the windows, you, you know, you got to crack them for the condensation. I know the game. I know the game and I've traveled back and forth across the country. And I mean, what's the difference between sleeping in a tent along the Appalachian Trail or sleeping in the back of your hatchback in some weird cool little town i mean i you know it, it's it's such an adventure and and um I, i'm really grateful for that opportunity and i'm sure you are too to be able to fit in the back of a tiny hatchback car when our taller uh i'll call them vertically challenged because i said i'm not vertically challenged i'm vertically advantaged but someone who's six... some five foot ten guy sitting in the back, sleeping in the back of your car. <laughs> that sounds like a challenge to me. Frank's car. I want to see some. <laughs> For sure. You know, it's interesting that you bring up the AT. Um, I can't recall. Did you do some a section of that, or have you done like a, a through hike or longer hike before? Dad, have we done a section of the AT? You have done small sections. I've actually hiked it in sections from the Pennsylvania New Jersey border all the way to the Vermont New Hampshire border. Okay. Just to be clear, so, but oh, sorry, real quick, I just want to mention for anyone who doesn't know, my dad's written a dang book. You should check it out. Uh, what's the title of it, Pop? Switching gears. Switching gears. Lessons. Apologies. About it's about my experience on the long trail. <laughs> it's about the long trail. It's got some really funny stories about 
wacky misadventures and adventures along the long trail. So ch- he's not going to advertise that. So I'm going to advertise. Well, we're here to talk to Frank and you're Frank. Sorry, so Frank. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm glad you threw that out there. But so just this trip, um, I'm, I drove from Dallas to California. I'm in California now. And I was, I've been listening to more and more podcasts on through hikes and um, I'm involved with some companies that sell through hiking gear. And so I've been like really learning everything about through hiking. And I realized, I don't know, maybe you see it this way too, but these road trips kind of give you some of the same um, perks of through hiking where like you get mentally into this like road game of like how many miles can I get in today I need to get to x destination and then like you get that same like zen mentality of like I have to stay focused on the road so you're like driving and you can only think about so many things so like it allows you to like mentally process a lot and then you know like you said sleeping in really cool unique places and um I don't know I mean obviously being a through hiker is much more physically demanding than anything I've ever done um but I just thought there's a lot of similarities between you know taking out your hatchback and and going on a on a massive road trip and the, and also going on a big hike well I've never thought about it that way but now that you mention I think that's an incredible point I I mean I remember my first time driving from Washington state to New York state. And, you know, the, the, the excitement when, oh, wow, I I made it 900 miles today or a thousand miles today. And then right when the sun is setting and I'm ready to crash, I stumble onto a state park or a national park and they have free camping. (laughs) Oh, that's gold mine. Oh yeah. That's next level. I it's happened. It's I I wish I remembered. There's this one state park in particular. I think it's in Montana, but it was just so perfect. The timing, the sun was just setting when I stumbled onto it. I got every minute of driving I could in. There were so many bats. I found a a full intact deer skeleton, and it was after a day of getting a lot of miles in. And I I think you're absolutely right about that. You listen to your audio books and your, uh, your, your, um, your podcasts and it's just, it is, it is a blast, but, um, I'll tell you, I look forward to getting in more through hikes too. Yes. I, I'm actually very close to the PCT right now. So I'm going to hop on, um, maybe tomorrow I'm thinking and just do a few miles and turn around just to say, I, I did some of the, the PCT and, um, yeah, like you're, like I was saying, I just feel like there's something too in our, in today's world, there's so many distractions. And so when you get on a road trip or you're hiking and you have to look at where each step goes, your brain has to focus on that. And you can't be distracted by all these things that are constantly interrupting us. And there's like a freedom to, to that. And I just, I don't know. I think that that's part of the reason why I love road trips. And I have a friend that does big motorcycle road trips with him and his buddies. And he talks about it in a very similar way. And I'm like, I think we're all doing the same thing. Just we find a different way of, of getting to it. Yeah. I've done multi-week trips, multi-week backpacking trips, and I've driven long distance, not like the two of you have done, but I can tell you this, they both have their challenges. Driving for long periods at a time, you've got that challenge of staying awake, being alert, paying attention to what's going on on the road at 55 to 70 miles per hour. Things can go wrong real fast. So yeah, there's there's that challenge of having to pay attention, being, being alert, especially as you get later into the day. But 
uh, it's almost, uh, I, I feel it's somewhat liberta- liberating at times when I'm on these multi-day trips uh, and, and transformative because you have that time to yourself to just think, you know, or to listen to the podcast that maybe you're distracted while you're doing other tasks where you can really just focus on and, and, and really get the full effect of what you're doing. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I've, I've thought a lot too, you know, there's, there's just plenty of scientific research, empirical, solid research that shows that the more time you spend looking at your phone, the less happy you are, the more anxious you are, the more depressed you are. And there is just something about being able to make friends all over the country or the world that is just a powerful thing. I mean, you know, I wish as a kid in the Boy Scouts, I would have appreciated it a little more. You know, I remember dad explaining to me uh, and the other scouts about how if you cut into a tree, it's like cutting into its skin, you know, and so people do that very thoughtlessly. And I just didn't take enough time to appreciate the quiet and the mm. peace. And as an adult with, with the way we all, how old are you, Frank? I'm um, in my thirties. So I'm, I'm getting up there. <laughs> I'm in my late twenties. I'm closing in on 30 and uh, gosh, with every year that passes, I just appreciate uh, the quiet more, you know, the, the silence, the, the nature, just, it all becomes that much more valuable. Would you say that's been your experience? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I think the busier things become, the more we just love getting away. And, and yeah, like you were saying, I mean, I've met so many awesome people on the road because it's easy to get to a state park or a national park and, and see the people they are like, Oh, you're doing what I'm doing, aren't you? And so it could strike up a conversation and some, just like through hiking, some people think it's really interesting and want to talk to you about it. And other people are like, that's kind of weird. Stay away from me and my kids, please. So um, you get kind of the whole gamut there, but um, yeah, the more I'm out in nature and I get to enjoy these quiet spaces, um, it, there's just, there's a magic to it. And, and I mean, you know, in saying that there's also the ability to make friends and connections and not stare at your phone screen in your own hometown. You just have to look for it and be a more friendly person. And um, I've learned that I think part of hiking, you know, I'll just start my hike and say hello to everyone. And before I know it, I've talk to someone for four miles and we, you know, hit it off and become lifelong friends. So, uh, I now do that more in just my everyday life. Just, Hey, if I'm just friendly, you never know. You might meet someone who changes your life just in your everyday life. So that's interesting. And I, have you ever done, I'm curious, have you ever done any meditation? Uh, no, I have not. Well, so I, I've, I've dabbled a little bit in and out. And what I found is that hiking can be so deeply meditative. So just offer these opportunities for reflection, but even more importantly, um, for mental silence. You know, our minds are filled with discursive and intrusive thoughts. Just we're being bombarded constantly and our mind wants to remind us about that embarrassing thing we did in third grade. And when you get out of there on the trail especially whether it's with your family or on a first date or with your best friend, it just offers, offers this opportunity to just, it's almost like your environment demands that you just be there. You just be 
present with whatever's going on. And some people talk about how I like to surf a little bit and surfers are laid back. The most laid back people I've ever met are through hikers. <laughs> Would you agree with that? Yeah, they they do seem to be people who don't care too much. <laughs> How can you? You know, you just got miles. Well, plus yeah. you smell. Right? <laughs> you look like a homeless person because, well, <laughs> you are for six months, five months. You are a homeless person. A happy much. one, though. A happy, happy to be homeless person and uh, happy to be staking, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and I want to mention, too, um, there was a famous Stoic philosopher uh, his name was Seneca the Greater. And he said, he was very wealthy, very successful. And he said, you should be able to spend one day a month living like a dog, eat your food off the ground, sleep on the ground, whatever. And you should be really happy, just as happy as your dog is that day. Because your your happiness shouldn't be tied to how well, you know, how how comfortable your bed is or whether you're eating on a a fine silver plate or off of the ground or any of those sorts of things. Your happiness shouldn't be tied to it. And I think of that a lot when I'm out hiking, you know, I mean, I remember periods of my life where I was sleeping in my car because I was enjoying traveling and I was, you know, out hiking or backpacking with, with family and friends and how some people would, would just be suffering so much there. They'd be like, Oh, we're going to walk 10 miles today. Are you kidding me? That's miserable. But if you enter it with the mindset of this is an opportunity to experience peace and serenity and connect with nature, then it ends up being just this beautiful opportunity. And I think that's something you tap into and my dad taps into and, and everyone who goes out and experiences the outdoors taps into whether or not they realize it. Yeah, that's very interesting. And um, I think there is also a, a balance because yes, like, we can get out on like, I, I guess most people don't get into nature enough. And so if anything, let's just inspire people to get out there. And now I'm learning because of my lifestyle. Sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I had time to like settle down and not be outside so much. And like you brought up surfing and um, you know, I was, I was actually at the beach this, this morning or this afternoon and I was watching the surfers do their thing. And I thought, you know, I could probably do that. It doesn't look that hard. I was like trying to figure out how to how to surf, and I've never tried before. I was just watching them kind of figure it out, and then I was like, you know, I could rent a board by myself and just like go out there and do it. But how much more fun would it be if I had a friend to like share that experience with? Because if it's my first time surfing, there's going to be a lot of wins and a lot of losses, I'm sure, out there, and a lot of really funny moments of me falling on my face, and um, you know, just how it's really important to get away and spend some time, um, you know, relaxing and, and escaping and, and by yourself. But then there's also time to like be with people and, and enjoy like the chaos. And so, um, I don't know. I think that's just something I noticed this morning when I was thinking about that experience and I decided to, to not do it today. I hit a, I hit pause on it and I'm looking for some buddies maybe that will come out and we can all learn together and, and fall on our faces together. What part of California are you in? Uh, so I was, <laughs> that's a good question. I'm currently in, in Big Bear and I'm going to, I drove up to Big Bear this evening and then I'm going to, like I said, hop on the PCT for just a few miles tomorrow and uh, we'll see what happens from there. 
we're gonna we're gonna connect offline because I want to talk about that. I, you know, I've been surfing in some very warm places with very relaxed waves, and I actually got the only problem, the only danger was that I got sunburned so bad in Hawaii on my right calf. I nearly had to be hospitalized. I probably should have been honestly, <laughs> but um, then just a few weeks ago, I was in San Francisco surfing. And those waves were breaking so close to the shore that my friend tried to help me out. I ended up swallowing so much ocean water. <laughs> but my point is, we're going to connect because I might make my way out there in not too long. Okay. Yeah. Mushroom Man's, as we speak, is trying to plan his next adventure, which he'll be heading out on over the next week or so, I guess, or two weeks. But we're at that point in the show. You know, people that enjoy nature, myself, this is the way I approach it. I don't make wrong turns. I don't miss the trail. I don't miss trail markers. I just decide to wander off somewhere, okay? And I also don't make mistakes when I'm out there. What I do is I create good <laughs> stories. So what I'm going to ask right now is for both of you to share a good story. I know you did last time, Frank. Uh, I'm going to start, though, with Mushroom Man to share me maybe his most awkward or intimidating situation while traveling in his car oh while traveling in my car well so there was a walmart uh i think it was in wisconsin and i'd been experimenting with intermittent fasting as a side note after 25 hours without food i bought i bought some oranges or clementines or cuties or whatever in in wisconsin and Dang, they were the del most delicious thing I had ever eaten. But that night I was sleeping in my car and <laughs> I wake up at three in the morning and a woman's kicking my car and shouting. She's like, dang old tumble. Sound like Boomhauer from King of the Hill. Dang old town, dang old town, Jesus man, dang old town. And anyway, she uh she was attacking my car, so I I left, but um, that was a heck of an experience. It was interesting, and it was really a good lesson for how you need to roll with the punches and know that you're going to deal with some interesting circumstances. And just like my dad said, you can make it a funny story. You can let it ruin your day, but it's up to you. That's quite incredible. I have never had anything near that happen to me, um, and especially after you know being so hungry and so many miles, I'm sure you just wanted to sleep, and then you got this uh, person waking you up in not a great way. So quite um, quite entertaining for sure. So uh, it's my turn to share a story. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, Frank, it's your turn. What's the good story okay. you came up with, or or, or the uh, adventure you went on where you made a wrong turn or decided to sure? I guess, um, yeah, this might not be what you're looking for, but. I just got out of, uh, I'm going to totally botch the name, Charihua National Monument, C-H-I-R-I-C-A-H-U-A. Uh, I had never heard of it before, but I saw it was on the way, um, you know, pretty close to the, the road I was passing on. So I decided to make a stop there and I knew very little about it. And there's something to that because a lot of times we like, see a picture or we like see a place and we go and we have it fully planned out. It's kind of like what you're talking about where like you don't make mistakes. You just want, decide to wander a different way. And so I went there knowing very little 
about this National Monument. And for those who don't know, National Monument is still operated by the National Park Service. It's just much smaller um, and it's created in a different way. And they usually are less crowded. Um, and so I love going to National Monuments. And this one, when I got there, I, my mind was blown. They had all these hoodoos. It looked like a Bryce Canyon with these towering rock formations, but it's volcanic rock and was covered in like this green moss. So it was like this greenish, blackish, like series of like giant rock towers. And so I'm, I'm hiking around in there and then I get to this place called the, the alcoves and I'm thinking, no, sorry, the grottos. And I couldn't like, I just didn't know. I knew nothing because I had done no research. And so I'm wandering through the grottos and I turn to my right and my jaw drops. One of these giant rock towers. So if you imagine like you have three giant rock towers and one of them, the top of it fell over and is now suspended between the three. And so you have this giant like car sized boulder suspended midair and it creates like this cave and then the way I always hike or generally I'll hike first thing in the morning. So the sun is just coming up and just like cascading into this cave and you have the green moss. And like, it was like, most people say this looks like Mars or like, this looks like another planet. And I was, this looks like another universe to me. I had no context of what I was looking at. And it was just a moment like that. I know you're looking for failure, but this is going to be a win. And uh, it was just a moment like that where I was just thinking, man, like it is just so cool to be able to be out in these types of places. No, that's good. We're not, you know, fa- there are no failures. Like I said, there's good stories. That's the way I see it. For sure. well, actually, Later that I- day, I did get chased down by a rapid deer. So that was <laughs> exciting. <laughs> you know, I remember one time me and my dad were out hiking and we I, I was just hiking and I was so terrified as we hiked, but I tried to act cool because I was sure that I had just seen a bear hanging out near us. It wasn't a bear. It was just a stump. But I asked my dad about it later and he told me the exact same thing happened to him. But I'll tell you, I, I think uh, there's a story. What is it about a tattoo being shown in Vermont? Oh, What's we're going to hear ta- about that's That's tomorrow's episode <laughs> of... Uh, yeah, make sure you tune in tomorrow night, everybody, because oh, that would be no. This is gonna it's gonna air before this episode. A uh, great story Go about one of my and listen to the future. <laughs> okay, I guess I'm gonna have to share the story when I was in Vermont. Your yeah. call, your call. You can tell people, hey, I hope you enjoyed it last. I'll give episode. you a little teaser. It involves <laughs> a woman in her sixties pulling up her skirt to show off a tattoo. Okay, oh, hey, you know, I mean, a woman's a woman. You know, beauty's That's beauty. Enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Frank. So, what do you have? We, we, you're, you're in California. You're going to go on the PCT, take a short hike on there. I know you nomads don't do a lot of long term planning, but anything you see anything coming up in the next week, a few weeks or months? Sure. So, after I'm, I think I'm sticking to Southern California for a, a little while, and then I'm leaning towards Sedona, Arizona. Um, I'm not a person for crowds. But I've um, I've just seen enough pictures and I'm close enough to it. So I think I'm going to head that way um, and then make my way to Denver for at least the beginning of the summer. So um, I can work remote and I like to follow good weather and Denver in the summer for me 
it's it's great. So I I think I'm good. that's kind of the the loose plan, anyways. So Frank, how do we get hold? How do we follow you? How do we get in touch with you? Want to give us some sure? So yeah, same as last time. Uh, if you're interested in seeing more of this crazy journey, I'm on Instagram at speaking quite frankly. So speaking quite frankly, like you're talking quite frankly, and my name is Frank, so it works out. I'm always happy to talk to people about getting their rigs set up. Um, I have some videos up about just like how to camp in your car, how to hike for cheap. And then, of course, these podcasts are all linked on my page, too. So um, if you're looking to just learn more about how to get out there and adventure, um, check it out. I would encourage everyone to do so because that's what we're about here on Papa Bear Hikes, encouraging people to go out and find their place in the outdoors. Just go out and enjoy it. And Frank, uh, again, thanks for... This episode of Pop Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity. Avalon Publicity, increasing the digital footprint of content creators and skilled professionals via website development and social media services. For more information about Avalon Publicity, go to their website, avalonbusiness.org. That's avalonbusiness.org.